Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Falcon Cast, uh, hosted by Kira, who has decided she's <laughs> playing today. Uh, greatest, fastest growing show in the history of the known universe. And sorry, we're a little late. Had to deal with some issues uh, related to the fact that I am flat fucking broke. But uh, AJ Hoffman joins me today, and so we're going to have a lot of fun. What's going on, AJ? Just living the dream, man. Living the dream, Freddie. I, I hate to hear that you're dealing with some shit. It's, it's crazy what you're dealing with. But uh, th th tomorrow's a better day, my man. Uh, yeah, as long as I'm alive. You know, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm going uh, to get all this shit fixed. And, and by the way, if uh, anybody out there um, wants to buy some vintage guitars, I've got three of them that are for sale right now and at, at a reasonable price. So... Uh, Hit me up at uh, the Falconcast at yahoo.com. Um, and I've got a, I've got, obviously, I've got a beautiful Les Paul from the 70s. I've got a tack guitar with gold, uh, gold plated uh, pickups from the 60s. And I've got a, an Ibanez from the 80s. So, if what, you're what do you play when you do your gigs? I'm, I'm just going to borrow a guitar from now on. Uh, I usually okay. put Les Paul, but, uh, uh, I don't. I don't play much. I mostly sing. Okay. So, um, so yeah, these are all for sale and at a reasonable price. And somehow my fat ass has to make it through February, and then all my chronicle pension shit kicks in, and everything will be good. But, uh, but yeah, had a, had a uh, what I would call a massive setback. So uh, trying to recover from that. And Kira, have you told might... have you told the story? No, I haven't told the story. Already. Okay. Yes, I will. I think you should. It's a fucking crazy story. <laughs> it's fucked, man. I mean, apparently sometime in June, I got sued over something. I have no idea what. I have no idea by who. Uh, never got any notice whatsoever. And, um, you know, and apparently I lost the lawsuit. And last Monday, I'm sitting around minding my own business, and I get a zero balance alert on my bank account. Which there was a significant amount of money in there and i'm like okay i know i didn't buy a goddamn uh subaru or something <laughs> and so i look in there and it's just got this uh legal order and has a phone number and says uh they're entitled to take out every single penny they want because they want a lawsuit and yeah so i'm, I'm at zero dollars and it's like everything i have and which was pretty a pretty decent amount of money, man. This podcast has been building up. We've been doing really well. And um, so I've been trying to work with the lawyers to get some of it. And they're just like, well, you still owe us $2,000. So we pay that. We'll unfreeze your bank account. I'm like, well, kind of hard to get $2,000 when I don't have any fucking money or a useful, useful bank account. So I've been dealing with that. And, I, you know, I've... I've figured things out to where if I can just get through this month, I, um, you know, my pension from the Chronicle starts March 1st and, um, and, and that'll be a nice enough baseline. Then we'll rebuild the, we'll, you know, we'll rebuild the podcast, but yeah, it's, it's really fucked right now. And it's, um, uh, I can't believe they can just take money out of your account with no notice, no warning, any of that shit. That's and, crazy. And then you yeah, put some money I, in and they took that too. You got to open a new bank account. Yeah, I had a, an advertiser, you know, sell some money over yesterday, and guess what? It's gone. They took it out Man. today. 
And I'm like, they, were, they weren't supposed to be able to do it more than once. And now they've done it like five times. So, um, so yeah, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm working with it. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, and I've been, you know, I've been working with their lawyers, but at some point I'm going to have to get my own involved. This, this is totally fucked. So this is, this has been my week, man, ever since last Monday. And they were supposed to put some of it back and work out a payment plan, but they haven't done shit. I mean, all they care about is Crazy. just taking money out of my goddamn account. So, uh, what I'm doing right now is like, I'm, I'm going to get a, uh, a Venmo debit card and put everything in Venmo for now until I get this figured out. Uh, but yeah, this is, it's just fucked. And, you know, I know a lot of people have been through a lot worse shit than that, but now I'm sitting here having to sell my guitars. I'm trying to find any extra work for a month just to get me to the first. And, um, it's kind of hard. I mean, there's just not a lot of shit out there, even though there's, there's hundreds of jobs, they ain't hiring old fat people. So, uh, well, used to be fat people. Um, so yeah, man, it's been, it's been a really shitty week. And, and frankly, I've, I've, I've tried everything I can. I got $18 in my goddamn name right now. That's, that's how bad shit is. So, um, you know, just trying to, well, and I do have about 400 in my BUSR account. I guess I could pull out. if There I you go. Let's go. Forgot about that. Those are my hockey overs. So listen, uh, I say put it all on one play tonight. I put it on the uh, the Kraken over tonight. Double it up, and then you know you're you're home free. Yeah, and go buy a small child. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> anyway, no, that's a, it's that's a fucked story, man. But uh, like I said, man, it's it, it'll work itself out. It'll get better. And uh, yeah, I hate, hate to hear you're going through it, but man, that's a that's insane that like you didn't even know you were getting sued and you lost a lawsuit. I don't know how that happens. I don't either. And and thanks to you, we're able to do a podcast today because uh, you know my card doesn't work, and I got this thing saying, "Oh well, your your restream didn't go through." And so uh, thanks for helping out, so that we can actually do a fucking podcast. Uh, what are friends for, Freddie? What are friends for? I know, man, you're the best, and. Uh, Anyway, uh, well, let's let's start with with some of this NFL stuff. How about your Texans, man? That was a uh, pretty what impressive. a what a game, man. Uh, yeah, this that was about as good as it could be. I, you know, my, my I told you my favorite play of of the weekend was the over. Never in doubt. Uh, oh, no. Bad Brown, Bad Brown's road defense showed up, and CJ Stroud. Oh my God! Like this guy, I I, I don't know what to say. I, I mean. Uh, RJ on the pod last night was trying to make me out to be a CJ Stroud hater, which I'm, I'm really not like, this is, I think this is the best thing that's happened to, to the Texans maybe ever. Uh, I mean, to think that they, this wouldn't be happening if Deshaun Watson wasn't a pervert, like, yeah, it's, it's so fortunate, like, because this dude is everything that Deshaun Watson was supposed to be, except he's not, uh, he's not a depraved fucking weirdo. He's not um, rapey. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is uh, this is the kind of guy that you want to be the face of your franchise. And it's it's just awesome. I'm so happy to see his success. Uh that was it, listen, the, the Browns uh they did everything they could to shoot themselves in the foot. They 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 did a lot of favors for the Texans, but the Texans were winning that game. I don't I don't think even if you if you erase the two pick sixes, I think the Texans are still the better team that just made it it made it so obvious like there was no hope for the browns at that point so uh great showing by the texans and man they they uh they they really proved something this is a it, it's a it's a really cool story 
when you consider rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, and and just think about where this franchise was, you, you know, three years ago. We talked about this uh, yesterday. The the last time the Texans played a road playoff game was nah. the game that they jumped. They were up twenty. What was twenty seven to nothing? That was and 20, they, 28 three. Yeah. And they fucked it off, like gave up, what, 42 unanswered points or something crazy like that. And uh, like that was basically the end of Bill O'Brien. Like I know it wasn't the end, but it was for all intents and purposes, the end. And to to fast forward to now, it's like, man, what a turnaround. And I, you know, I had questions about whether CJ Stroud was the right guy or not. Uh, I wasn't in love with him. I'm not going to pretend like I was. Right. I, I I liked him more than I liked Bryce Young, but I, I wouldn't have drafted one any one of these quarterbacks in the first round. And I, I think you have to you have to say at this point, this is like the home run of home runs for the Texans. That it, like in hindsight, the idea that Lovey Smith won that game at the end of last season is the best thing that maybe ever happened to this organization. I tweeted that, and there were people like. Oh, the Texans, if they had the first pick, they were taking C.J. Stroud. Everybody will say that now. I don't believe it for one second. I, I believe that they wanted Bryce Young, uh, and this fell into their laps. And it's it's honestly the best thing that's ever happened to them. And, I, I mean, listen, I, I think that they, they did a really smart thing by marrying him to Bobby Slowick. I, I think it's a, a, a great match. Uh, I think D'Amico's a good coach. I, I think he's a good motivator of men. I don't know is like an X's and O's guy, but he knows enough to put those guys around him. And that that's a that's an important thing. So I, I'm I'm super happy for the Texans, man. I know it, I, I've been called the the Texans hater of Texans haters the whole time I lived there, but uh, the truth is, I, I just that I didn't believe in what the franchise was doing, and I wasn't going to go on the radio and pretend like they were doing things the right way when I knew that they weren't. Right. This this what they're doing now is the right way, and um, it, you know, it, 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 think about last year when people were like, maybe they shouldn't take a quarterback this year. Let Davis Mills have one more year, build up the team, and then next year get Caleb Williams or Drake May. And I got news. Caleb Williams and Drake May are both stocked down in my eyes from this time oh, a year ago. Absolutely. And, like I the idea that one of those two guys is going to be better than CJ Stroud, I'd say is like 15, 20%. So uh yeah, th this thing worked out perfectly for the Texans and a franchise that like I can't believe they went from having like a, a what a 10-year waiting list to being like it, no one wanted to go to their games. Like I've never seen a franchise go from uh, like the top of the mountain. Even when they, it's not like they were playing great, and the fan base was so invested. It didn't matter. Like they believed in them, even when they shouldn't have believed in them. They did. And then the, after the O'Brien and Easterby debacle, people were like, "I'm fucking done." And people gave up. People were like, "I don't care about that PSL money. Keep it. Like, I'm not going to these things." I mean, it, that's it, it's hard to have a collapse that fast. It's even harder to build up from that as fast as they did. And what we when I did SOV this morning, straight out of Vegas AM this morning, um, we were talking about the the Dallas Cowboys because they're keeping uh, Mike McCarthy. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, they've won 36 games in the last three years. They've won 12 games a year for three years straight. You don't fire those coaches typically. 
And there's only only the Chiefs have won more in the last three years. Do you know who's won the least games in the last three years? It's the Houston Texans. They've won 14 games in the last three years, and that includes 10 wins this year. Like this team was in the shit. And the fact that they're in now in the divisional round uh, is I, I, it's nothing short of incredible. And it, listen, it, it, I think you could have said this last week that anything that happens, like if they'd lost to the Browns, this year would have been a success. And like I, I know people now, now that they beat the Browns, will say, no, they, they expect bigger things. If they lose by 50 to the Ravens, this was probably the the most impactful year in franchise history. This was the year that like they took a real step. And for once, it feels like you're going into next season with some sort of confidence that's not unfounded. It's not like, oh, we're gonna we're we're gonna beat the Patriots. Like the, when you and I were working together, there were a lot of years where preseason there were there were Houston Texans fans who were very confident and it was irrational confidence. This this coming season is there's going to be a real sense of confidence that they are the best team in the division. You can make an argument they've got the best quarterback in the division, and there's no reason to think that this isn't just a jump off point of like a, a a run where they in the next two or three years are in the conversation with Baltimore, Buffalo, and, and Kansas City. There's no reason why they should, and Cincinnati, I guess, when, when Joe Burrow's healthy, but there's no reason at this point why they shouldn't be. Uh, so I, I think Texans fans have every reason to be thrilled right now. And a lot of money under the cap to play with next year, too. Yep. So uh, now well, they'll it, be able when to. You've got, when you've got a rookie quarterback, you're in, you're in good shape. Like when he's on his rookie deal, up until you've got to pay him the moon, like – like Joe Burrow's got the moon, Patrick Mahomes has the moon, Josh Allen has the moon, Lamar Jackson has the moon, Justin Herbert has the moon. You look around at the AFC court, Trevor Lawrence is about to have the moon, or and maybe he already does, but you look around at those quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson has it. Hmm. Who what other team that's that's worth a damn in the AFC has an affordable quarterback? There isn't one. Right. Like I mean, you can say, I mean, I guess the Brown, well, the, no, the Browns don't. They've got Deshaun Watson on their books. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers, I guess, is the is the answer, but I don't even think the Steelers are that good. So, I mean, it's a, it is, it's wild the, how quality of a position the Texans have set themselves up in. Uh, they should absolutely can compete in the AFC for the next three or four years while, while they've got this rookie deal for C.J. Stroud. Well, and, and Will Anderson's going to be a monster, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. They've got... They've got a couple pieces on defense. I think Anderson and Stingley are going to be really good players that they can just fill around. And uh, with that, I, I think if they get one more wide receiver or if they hadn't killed Tank Dell, um, they're going to be really good on offense for a long time. I, I think they need some help uh, like in the, in the middle of their defense. Um, you know, I, I like I think. For if you go safety, linebacker, defensive tackle, I, I think that's the spots where they need some help. But it's also uh, the Will Anderson thing. How much shit did they get for for trading up and taking Will Anderson? And it's like, I mean, the Texans fans want to give the Texans shit every time they draft a defensive player. But it's like, this was the same thing they said about Mario Williams. Like, why are we drafting Mario Williams? And it was the right guy to draft. Why are we drafting Jadavian Clowney? It was the right guy to draft. Uh, I mean, I mean, at least it was the right position to draft with Jadavian. Right. This is this is another example of a guy. This was the right guy. This was probably the best player available in the draft, and he was sitting there at the third pick. You had already got your quarterback. 
And now looking back, you traded what the the twenty fifth pick, <laughs> yeah, or whatever it's going to be to get it. Yeah, no, no big deal. And then people were like, "I can't believe they traded their own pick." That's the dumbest part. Why would you trade your own pick? You could have traded the Cardinals pick. And no, it turns out that they they made the right choice there too, trading their own pick because that was they they, they did the right thing. And all these like it's been a a year of everything's gone the Texans way. Yeah, and, and what's been interesting, I haven't seen a dumbass Cal McNair until after the game that got him in the playoffs. And he was on the sidelines looking like a dumbass. Everything has been D'Amico. And he's been the face of the franchise along with CJ. And that's what they needed. They, they needed voices like that to embrace the fan base and not fat-ass, dumbass, you know, cowboy Cal. Yeah. And sorry, I misspoke. I meant the Browns pick, not the Cardinals pick. Right, you, right. You know what I meant. Yeah, I know what you meant. Trading to the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. I think the people did. So, uh, what odds do you give them against the Ravens? That said, all the nice things I said, <laughs> uh, man. I, you know, I love this Ravens team. Um, I, I've been in love with them all year. The, now, the question is, Lamar Jackson. Like, is Lamar Jackson going to finally turn that playoff corner? And I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say, but. Here's some stats on the Texans home versus road. Stroud in his home games averages 306 yards per game. He's thrown 20 touchdowns. His QBR is a 58, which is good for 15th in the league. Away games, 75 yards less per game. He's thrown six touchdowns on the road all season long. And his QBR is a 51, which is 22nd in the league. And the Texans as a whole score four and a half points less per game on the road than they do at home. The Ravens at home, 32 points per game at home, 24 and a half on the road. And it sounds obvious, like, yeah, I mean, the home home field advantage, right? But I think when you consider a rookie QB going on the road for his first playoff start, bad weather, elite defense, it just feels like a really tough spot for the Texans. I am the way I played this game. I, I played Baltimore first quarter minus two and a half. Uh, the, the Ravens edge at home has been better early. I played Baltimore first half minus five and a half. Uh, and the Ravens. So the Ravens have outscored their opponents 66 to 26 in the first quarter at home this year. That's an average margin of five points per game. And that includes Week 18, where Pittsburgh won the first quarter 7-0. to zero. So if you take out that game that, where the Ravens didn't play their starters, right. they outscored their opponents in the first quarter at home 66-19 to 19 this season, which is crazy. Their average margin at halftime at home, nine points per game. Like, this team jumps out to an early start. Lamar Jackson is the most profitable first-half quarterback in the NFL. John Harbaugh is the most profitable first-half coach ATS in the NFL. And I think the the big reason why I like the Ravens here, they are more battle tested. Uh, the The Ravens faced five of the top ten offenses this season, and we, we widely regard this Ravens defense as maybe the best in the league. Yeah. Over the Browns, they they played five of the top ten offenses. They went five and zero against them, and allowed less than sixteen points per game in those matchups. The Texans played one offense ranked in the top 10 of EPA this entire season. That was the Ravens in week one. 
Yeah. If you if you look through the Texans schedule, the next best offense per EPA that the Texans played all season long was the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I know that I just spent a lot of time talking about how how great things are for the Texans. I think this defense and the uh the the perceived defensive improvements are a little bit phony. And I think the Ravens can expose that. This is, I mean, the truth is the Ravens have been the, the they've been the best team in the league in the second half of the season. They've they've won 10 of the last 12 games. Their two losses, Pittsburgh in week 18, with everyone resting. Right. And the Browns by two on a field goal as time expired. Yeah, the weird Browns game. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Their their margin of victory in the other 10 games during that run was 17 points per game. And that includes wins over four playoff teams. Like the Ravens since like about week six have been the best team in the league and they're healthy. They're rested. Mark Andrews was a full go at practice. I don't know if he's going to play, but I I would assume he gets out there and plays. Um, So I, like I said, I prefer getting at Baltimore early. But if I had to choose a side, I'd still play Baltimore minus the nine and a half for the full game. So uh, I, I just I I think that when rookie quarterbacks on the road, I don't want to play. Period. But rookie quarterbacks on the road in the playoffs is even less appealing to me. A dome quarterback, rookie quarterback on the road in terrible weather, I, I'm just yeah. Out on. So uh, and I, I don't trust. I still don't trust this Texans run game to like be a, a force, particularly against this Ravens defense. So, and I think in this weather, they may need the run game. And I, I don't know if I trust it. I, I agree on all counts there. I mean, the, the only thing that I think the Texans have in their favor is playoff Raven. And all those numbers you talked about in the yep. first quarter, uh, they're terrible in the playoffs in the first quarter. They've been outscored something like 21 to nothing over the last two years. So if that team shows up, then I give them a shot. But I I just, at some point, I just think the Ravens are the best team we've seen all year. And I I think Lamar Jackson shows up and, um, and I, I think they roll. I I just, and I don't think you can take a, you can, I don't think you can take much from the first time these teams played because a, that was Lamar in his first game with a new OC and it was CJ Stroud's first game as an NFL player. Like I don't, I don't think we learned anything from that game. I, I'm more focused on what we've seen since we've seen Lamar develop into almost certainly the MVP at this point, deserved or not. That's a different conversation. And CJ Stroud develop into the 100% clear rookie of the year. I, I mean, th- these two teams have both come a long way since then. I just think I trust the Ravens defensively on a level that the Texans, I, I can't even get close to that. And and I think the home field's a, a pretty important thing. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I just think this is a different Ravens team. But I've been fooled before. We'll see. Uh, nothing would make me happier than the Texans to go in there and surprise them, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to uh, – uh, the NFC for just a second and get to Packers and, and uh, 49ers. Uh, your thoughts on what the Packers did to the Cowboys while I sneak off and 
fill my drink real quick. Yeah, I, I think the Packers, uh, listen, the Packers played great, and the Packers have been really great. Uh, since week nine, the Packers are the, the second best offense in the league behind just these 49ers. They've been terrible defensively, but it, it, they, it hasn't, it didn't matter against the Cowboys because the Cowboys did what the Cowboys do in the playoffs and, and stepped on their crank. And you can look at the final numbers for the Cowboys and go, well, the Cowboys offense played well, except they didn't. The Cowboys offense was dreadful in this game. And they put up a bunch of garbage time yards and stats when the game was decided. Uh, I, I think there's maybe a little overreaction to to how well the Packers played and like thinking that, oh, the Packers are now like a, a contender to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if I'm getting there, um, but I do think they come out confident and I think they come out swinging. And I, I think that they feel like there's no reason they can't. I mean, they were seven and a half point dogs last week. They they won the game in in runaway fashion i think there's no reason for them to believe that they can't do it here so i I think you've got a confident team here and i think they just happen to run into a team in dallas that is just shitty in the playoffs and um they, they punished them for it i think there's some interesting ways to get at this game particularly early um i've I barely made it in time because I was off making a wager. Uh, I, I went to the little casino across the street from my house. And it's the Green Bay Packers in the first quarter, minus three points. Or excuse me, plus three points. And the reason why I think this is such a great bet is we saw what the Packers did last week. They won the coin toss and they took the ball. No one does that. But right. it worked for them last week. There's no reason to think they won't do it again. And if the 49ers win the coin toss, what are they going to do? They're going to give the Packers the ball. So if you're telling me I've got, let's say, I, let's say, let's say it's a hundred percent the Packers give the pack or the the 49ers give the Packers the ball, and let's say it's fifty percent that the Packers decide again we'll take the ball in the first half. That's 70. If I if you're telling me there's a 75% chance the Packers get the ball first, I get a full field goal on them in the first quarter. I'm going to take that bet every time. I think it's a, a great bet. I also played the Packers team total over nine and a half in the first half. I just I like think there's too. such an edge to thinking that they're going to get the ball first. Now, here's the thing: I have no idea if the Packers can get a stop. That like the, the the Niners the Niners offense is so good they're rested, um, but the Niners defense it's good it's not it's it's not great I talked about these are number one and two teams in EPA on offense since week nine they're nineteen and twenty six on defense so the the Forty Niners huh. since since the middle of the season have been a below average defense um, they. They've given up in the last five games. They've allowed 11 and a half points per game in the first half. That includes games against Drew Locke, Carson Wentz, and Sam Howell. I think this version of Jordan Love is going to get to 10 points in the first half. I generally like the over in this game uh, yeah. because, I, I, again, I don't, I don't know how the Packers ever stop the 49ers. But I do think there's something to this, this first quarter, first half, thinking that the, the Packers are going to get the ball. And I, I, if you if your book offers a prop on 
who scores first, Green Bay or San Francisco. I think there's real value on Green Bay. There'll be a plus number because they're a nine and a half point underdog. But again, if, if you think there's a 75% chance that they get the ball first, it's such a huge edge. And uh, I, I again, I, I think this Packers offense can score. I mean, Jordan Love at this point, can you, can you name 10 quarterbacks in the league better than Jordan Love? I, I don't know if I can. So I, I think that they're going to put up their points. I just don't know if they ever get a stop. So I'm, I'm playing some props. I'm not going to play the full side here. Uh, if I had to play, right. I think I lean to the 49ers. But I, I, I think that the um, I, I think the Packers get some scoring in, and I, I think this game goes over. It's a, it's a big number, 50 and a half. Uh, there was supposed to be weather out there in, in Santa Clara, but that's cleared up. It looks like it's going to rain before the game and not during the game. So it'll be kind of a, a sloppy track but that doesn't affect the total as much. Uh, and I, I think something key for the Packers is the last five, six weeks, Aaron Jones has become a real factor for them. And it, the, the way to beat the way to beat the Niners is to run the ball on them. The Niners run defense is bad. Um, if you, ha, if you're, if you're chasing the 49ers, and this is more reason why I think that the Packers will take the ball first if you're chasing the 49ers and you, they know you're in passing situations, they're so difficult to beat. When you can be in a neutral script, yeah. you can run on this team. And the Packers have suddenly found Aaron Jones to be very effective and they're running the ball really well. So I, I think that plays a factor. Uh, I, I'd look at Aaron Jones props. I, I, I think that he has a good day. But um, yeah, overall, I, I lean to the 49ers winning this game and covering this game. But I do think there's a lot of ways to bet Green Bay that are that are profitable early on. All right. Uh, before your thoughts on the Cowboys? To me, I've never been. In this, I think you've got Pete Carroll sitting out there, Belichick sitting out. You've got a team that can win a Super Bowl. Go do something. Instead, they're like, "Oh no, we've won 12 games a year." Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on that? Here's the problem. The guys that you mentioned, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, what did they have in common? They had roster control at their last job. And they're going to want roster control at their new job. And the Jones family is not going to give up last say on, on the roster. They're just not. So to me, like all the talk about Belichick to the Cowboys never made any sense to me because Bill Belichick, he, he's not going to leave a situation where he was – the coach and the GM, he had all say over football to go be just a head coach and, ha and have to try to cook with someone else's groceries. He's not going to do it. I don't think Pete Carroll does it. I, Mike Vrabel would have been a, a good option, but it, it is also a bit of, I mean, I, I kind of understand the careful what you wish for. Um, and this Cowboys team under McCarthy feels a lot, it feels a lot better than it felt when they were under Jason Garrett. So like, yeah, you've up you've upgraded, and you don't want to like. It, listen, if you're firing coaches who win, you know, twelve games a year, three years in a row, uh, like eventually you're starting to pay coaches crazy money, and they're getting guaranteed contracts that that pay out the ass, and it's like, man, you're you're just kind of lighting money on fire, which of course the Jones can afford to do, but. I, I think that when you look at this roster, you're right. It, it's good enough. And maybe next year, if, if healthy, uh, they add a couple pieces. I, I, maybe they maybe they can take a step. If they don't next year, I mean, it's I think it's an all-in year. I, I think it's, yeah, if, you, if you're losing in the first round of the playoffs next year, you're done. I think if the Cowboys this season 
what happened to the Eagles had happened to them, I, I think that McCarthy would have been fired. Like had they melted down the stretch, not won the division, and then got embarrassed in their first playoff game, he'd be gone. Yeah. But because they ended up as the two seed, I mean, how often does a team that makes the two seed fire their coach the next day? Like it's a it's a pretty right. rare thing. Um, and if and if it weren't the Dallas Cowboys, I don't think we'd be talking about it. Like if if the Lions had become the two seed and they lost, I, I don't think that I, I don't think we'd be saying, well, got to fire Dan Campbell. I think it's it's there's something about the Cowboys and the expectations being wild that uh, it, it makes us want to be quick to pull the trigger on them. But yeah. You know, I, I I don't know that that's always the wisest move. Well, and it's not really the Jerry Jones move. Look look how long he he stuck with Jason Garrett before he made a move. When he's and, got a guy that he feels like he's got some control over, he keeps yeah. that guy. Yeah, it's it's like if he's got somebody who's bottom bunk in prison. Um, that that's yeah. why the Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick's of the world they don't yeah. fit in Dallas because no, that's no. not what they're there for. No, no, he'll they'll have Jerry pinned against the bars. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Buccaneers at Lions, a uh, good win for the Bucs over the Eagles. I have never seen uh, an NFL team, kind of talent the Eagles have, play as horrible football as they did the other. Like, as far as scheme, as far as tackling, as far as not covering people, it really was like a college team, and the Eagles have more talent. Yeah, the Eagles aren't good. Like I, I've I've been saying it. Uh, about, this was the best weekend for me from a uh, wipe the frauds out of the way perspective because all year long I've been saying Philly fraud, Pittsburgh fraud, Miami fraud. Guess what? They all got fucking exposed as frauds and they're all gone now. Um, I I I think that Philly was a, an average team at best, like a, an average NFL team at best. And if they weren't in the Super Bowl last year, no one would have given them the benefit of the doubt. Like people would have just said, yeah, this team's playing like shit. They're no good. But because they had that prior, we were willing to go, oh, maybe they'll get out of it. Maybe they'll get out of it. Their defense is bad. Uh, they, I mean, they couldn't tackle anybody. Right. That was embarrassing. Like Baker Mayfield ends up with like 330 passing yards. He should have had like 220. But yeah. those guys can't tackle. I mean, it was it was really really embarrassing what they did. They couldn't um, cover either, AJ. I mean, they're they're leaving these no. guys five yards open and then missing the tackle just to make it you know uh, just to so, make it fun. So when it comes to this game, I, I think we're looking at two teams who kind of overperformed last week, or or the perception is that they played better than they did. So Detroit got out to that big lead over the Rams. And then they did nothing. Like I thought, the Rams were the better team in that game. Uh, Rams I plus three and a, Rams plus three and a half covered. I think they should have won. I think Sean McVay punted a couple times when he shouldn't have punted. Uh, kicked field goals yeah. a couple times when he shouldn't have kicked field goals. If Sean McVay were a little more aggressive, I think we're talking about the Rams at the Bucks this week. So, and then Tampa. I, I think the Bucks offense was okay, but I think that was way more about how crappy the Eagles are. And agreed. I, I think – I don't know. I, I think six and a half is too many points. I, I like Baker as a dog in general. But my favorite play on this is the under. And I know people are going to say, well, Detroit's at home in their dome. They don't they don't play unders. And they, they generally don't. But Tampa is 12 and 6 to the under this season. This total is set at 48 and a half. 
the highest Tampa Bay total all season long for a team that's 12 and six to the under, the highest total was 45. So now we're over a field hmm. goal higher than their highest of the whole season. And people are playing the over. I don't get it. When these two teams played in Tampa, the total was 43 and a half. The final score was 20 to six. Both teams 0 for 2 in the red zone. And that's kind of the story of the season for Tampa. Tampa is the third best red zone defense in the league. They are the third worst red zone offense in the league. And the Lions offense, after a, a, a pretty good start, like I say, after the seven-minute mark of the second quarter, the Lions ran one play inside the Rams' 35-yard line. One play. They couldn't move yeah. the ball. So I, both these teams are solid against the run. I, I just don't I don't think the Bucs want to let this get into a shootout. Uh, the other thing that I dislike about the Lions is, I mean, they acted like they won the fucking Super Bowl last week. Yeah, they it did. Your, your uh. first, it was your first playoff win in, what, 30-something years. I get it. It's exciting. I get that the fans are excited. But, they, I mean, you would have thought that they they won the Super Bowl and there was, like, going to be confetti falling from the roof. It was the craziest first-round victory celebration I, I, I've ever seen. And, like, I, I don't – I mean, there's got to be a letdown from that. It, and it looked like – it looked like a baseball wild card win uh, celebration. Yeah, like like oh, we clinched a wild card spot. Let's pop champagne everywhere. And I, I you know how I feel about that. Um, mm -hmm. And and this Tampa team, listen, almost everybody on this team has been to the playoffs and won a bunch of playoff games. This is a, a very. I mean, most of these guys have Super Bowl rings. This is a very experienced playoff Tampa team. They're going to keep their heads cool. The difference is quarterback this is a quarterback who is has not had a ton of playoff success versus a quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl before so uh those things may balance out a little but I I tend to trust a team that's got a bunch of veterans here uh I think they they make it their style of a game so I like the under I like the Bucks plus six and a half I think the line should probably be about four um four and a half so I, I think you're getting a little value on Tampa the under just doesn't make sense to me or the like the total like 48 and a half to the idea that this is three and a half points higher than the highest Buccaneers total all season just doesn't fit to me. So um, for, especially for a Lions offense that didn't look all that good last week. So um, yeah, Bucks and the under for me. The said boss says it was the Stafford bowl. We do it big in Detroit. Hey, I'm glad everybody was excited, but uh, that was one game. And it's one game. You're good. Yeah. And, and, and guess what? got a, you you can call it the Stafford Bowl. Stafford has a Super Bowl ring. Like, so you, you think Stafford's going to stay up at night for the rest of his career going, oh, my God, I can't believe I lost that game at Detroit. No, he's going to look at his hand and go, oh, shit, look at that big diamond ring. Like, Matt Stafford's okay because when, when you have championship pedigree, you look at those, you look at those games differently. I, I, I just think that the Lions acting like they won – anything more than a wild card game there was crazy and the, do you know that this is the most expensive ticket in the like the the lions tickets are the most expensive in the league this week like you can't get in the building for like under 1200 bucks that's wild to me like the like lions fans are very excited which is going to it's going to make for a good a good atmosphere but it, the team celebrating that way was wild to me i i just think that you you have to keep some level to yourself. I mean, the Bucs beat the Eagles. They were they were a big underdog. 
you know, the, the, the Lions didn't even cover and their fans were acting like they won the Super Bowl. The Bucks were just like, hey, on to Detroit, like, you know. Um, and I think there's also yeah, even like, the, yeah, even the Texans, you're right. I mean, they, they, the Texans who they never win, they acted cool. Like it's the, the, the Lions didn't even cover and they acted like they won the Super Bowl. To me, that's a bad sign. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you on. That. All right, uh, look, there's one other game we haven't talked about the the Chiefs and your Bills, and um, you know I think. Oh, are they playing? I, I never thought. Huh? I never. I thought said, the, oh, are they playing this week? Yeah, yeah, I never thought the Bills game was in doubt. I think they uh, um, they were always going to pull away late, and they did. And they're going to get a home game here against the Chiefs for the first time uh, in this playoff run. Uh, I like I like the Bills to get through this. Tell me why I'm wrong. No, I, I agree with you. I but I do think it's very number dependent. So I played Bills minus two and a half. There are Bills minus threes out there. I like I wouldn't play the Bills at minus three. I think anything under three is value. Uh, three I, I I think is the right line. So he, here's and I know people are saying well, it's a half point. It's no big deal. Half point on and off of three is is a huge deal, but. I think there's something to these teams. Yeah, I I think that there's something to these teams and the teams that fall into this category that I'm talking about. Houston is one. Green Bay is one. Tampa is one. And the Bills are one. These are teams that have been playing playoff games. Like you, you could say, well, last week was the first round of the playoffs. But the, I mean, the Texans, if they don't win in week 18, they're not there. If if the Bills yeah, they had to win, you know, if, they had to win both of their last two games. Yeah. Yeah. So. The the Bills had to win their last six games. The the yeah. Bills didn't even know going into week 18 if they were going to make the playoffs. So I, I these teams that have been playing with their back against a wall, I think there is something to that. Um, and the Bills have been on a different level since that Eagles game, which the Eagles game is a game the Bills thoroughly outplayed the Eagles and lost. And I was like, oh shit, this is a bad sign. Uh, because that's yeah. a game that they needed and they didn't get. They've gone six and zero since. They beat four playoff teams in that stretch. In fact, the Bills are now six and one this season against playoff teams. Five and two ATS with a cover margin of seven and a half points per game. Allen's QBR in those seven games is seventy four point four, which would be the best in the league, and that's against only playoff teams. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are. Uh, let, let's discuss this. So the Chiefs beat the Dolphins last week. They beat the Dolphins, who were in a blizzard with basically their entire defensive uh, defensive team missing the game. Do and their best how, receiver out. Yeah. Do you know how many teams besides like, – so take the Dolphins out because they beat them in the regular season too. Do you know how many teams over playoff wins the, the, the Chiefs have this season? Zero. They are 0-4 straight up and ATS against non-Dolphin playoff teams. <laughs> and, I again, the Dolphins were, like I said, a, a fraud. I've been saying they're no good. I finally got exposed. Every time they played a decent team, they lost. But the Chiefs, outside of the times they played the Dolphins, they're in the same boat. Um, I, I This is Mahomes' first playoff game on the road. You know Bills fans are going to be rowdy for this. Josh Allen, five and one in his career in home playoff games. And I think that this game, if you remember the Bills Cowboys game, where the Bills just said, 
we're gonna we're gonna fucking punk you out. And they ran the ball down their throat. They they basically shoved the Cowboys' face in the mud and bullied mm-hmm. them. I think that's what they're gonna try to do here. Chiefs can't stop the run, and the Bills, since they switched offensive coordinators, have run the ball so effectively. They've controlled the clock, uh, which I guess it makes me like the under in this game. Uh, Forty-five and a half. Chiefs are five and thirteen to the under this season by seven points per game. They go under. The total for the game in Kansas City was 49, and it went under by 12 points. Uh, there are some worries about the Bills' injuries, I get, but I, I don't know that they matter against this Chiefs offense that I just don't think is very good. The Chiefs are weak on the on uh, the the offensive tackle position, and the Bills don't need to blitz to bring pressure. So that like if you have to blitz Patrick Mahomes, you're going to get shredded, and the Bills don't have to. I, I think the Bills can run the ball effectively. I think the Bills have a lot of success here. Uh, and I think it's just time. Like, I, I know Patrick Mahomes is, is the, the best quarterback in the world. This season, Josh Allen's better than Patrick Mahomes. He's at home. Yeah, Everything is lining up. Uh, the Chief, this, is as, this is as broken as the Chiefs have been. If the Bills can't beat the Chiefs now, I don't, I don't know if they'll ever beat the Chiefs. So I, I like Buffalo minus two and a half. Uh, I, I would stay away at three, but um, yeah, I, I think this is a this is the Bills game finally. It might be might be their last win of the season yeah. if they get Baltimore, but you know, I, I do think it's yeah, a close but, spot. Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of interesting if it if the Texans somehow upset the Ravens and had to go to Buffalo. That would be uh, that'd be pretty cool. I think that would be Buffalo's path to the Super Bowl. You know, it's uh, uh, the one thing about Buffalo is that, you know Josh. Uh, way too much of a gambler, right? And he, he will go. He will, yep. will do get a get a plays as long as that against uh, Kansas City, he'll be fine. Yeah, Sorry. and it's Some, funny. Just... <laughs> uh, yeah, we were talking. We were talking about uh, on, on the pod last night about Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, who's had a better year. It's not even really close. Like Patrick or Josh Allen is number two in PFF, number three in QBR. And there's all this talk about, well, he turns the ball over so much. And I mean, yeah, he does. But I mean, he he takes he makes big time plays that other quarterbacks just aren't really even capable of making. Um, and really he's been doing it with one receiver for most of the season. And I mean, Gabe Davis is their number two. And really, if you said, what's the best thing about Gabe Davis? I'd say, well, he's a really good run blocker. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, it, it, what he's done with these web and the bills, they, they've got a way, like, you know, if Gabe Davis doesn't play, they, they can beat you in so many ways. Like I said, they've been running so much. Uh, you saw last week, all the two tight end sets and, and both tight ends end up scoring touchdowns. It, it's a problem to cover both those guys. Uh, I, I just think there's a lot of ways that this Bills offense can be effective. And like over the course of the season, you haven't seen the Chiefs offense really be effective at all. Like it's just, except last week against the poverty Dolphins defense. So right. um, yeah, I, I think that this Bills team is legit. I think this is their real chance. And, you know, I'm sure I'm setting myself up for a, another massive disappointment. Um, but I, I'm not prepared for this. Next next week, I'll be prepared for them to be disappointing against the Ravens. 
I, I just think the Bills are better than the Chiefs. I, I, I don't I don't think the Chiefs are on that level. I think the Chiefs are a good team, not a great team this year. So uh, give me the Bills minus two and a half. Um, okay, first off, oh, Kira agrees. Uh, yeah, but um, so all right. Um, any uh, any basketball been going well for you lately? Uh, well, it's like I I've nailed like every game this year. Like I, I had to cover last night against Tech, but I you know I bet Iowa State. I bet TCU. It's just they're they're easy to figure out. They go on the road against a good team. They ain't covering. And so at, at home against anybody, they'll cover. Yeah, I, I think that's the key in general in college basketball right now. If you see these teams, these big brand name teams going on the road and their favorites, be wary because home court is so massive right now. I think in the Big 12, road teams are like 20% straight up this season. Like it's it's almost impossible to win on the road. So when you get these, you know, you get a Kansas or a Houston or a Baylor on the road, uh, and they're laying points on the road, don't do it. And, and you know what? I I got my hand caught in the cookie jar two two or three days ago. I bet Baylor at Kansas State. I was like, oh, it's it was a pick 'em. I was like, it's such a short favorite. I I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even a favorite. I was like, it's got to – This is a good spot for Baylor. And right, you know, all it takes is a little home cooking, and it's it's just hard. It's hard to beat these teams and beat these home whistles. So I, I think that's a really undervalued thing. I, I think Houston has really turned into like one of the teams that has the best home court advantage in, in college basketball. I think they're one of the better home environments. Uh, I, I never want to fade them at home, but on the road. And I think this goes for all those, particularly those new Big 12 teams. Look, look to fade them on the road because yeah. they're not they're not used to playing this gauntlet. And, you know, when when you're uh your BYU and you're used like your your tough road trip like Gonzaga is always a tough road trip and then your next toughest road trip is Santa Clara and then your next toughest one right. is like Pepperdine it's like you 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 start to get comfortable there's no easy road trips here there's none so um I, I really think that the the if you're betting on road teams be very careful because the the, the home cooking is real particularly in these power conferences um, it's it, it, Big Ten, SEC, Big Twelve. It is hard to go on the road and win. I'll, I'll give you a, a bet that I made for tonight. Uh, I like Colorado minus six against Oregon. Uh, Oregon's—they've got guys in and out of the lineup all year, and Colorado's not looked good lately. But when they're at home, they're—they're they're a juggernaut. And these teams, particularly these teams who have to travel to elevation, that Colorado-Utah road swing is just so difficult. And I don't know if Colorado is like way better than Oregon, but I know that that trip is is a nightmare. So I like Colorado to cover tonight just because I, I think that, that, that Oregon's going to have a hard time on the road. I think it's a tough road environment. Uh, again, I don't know if Colorado is even a good team, but I know at home I want to back them. Uh, so th- th- there's a, a play for tonight. All right. Um, what did I ask you? You said you were watching uh, Reacher. Uh, are you caught up? I finished it. I finished well, it. Well, yeah. Uh, well, oh yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm caught up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious what you thought of it. I, I I think it's a fantastic show. Yeah, man. I've I enjoyed it. I I mean, obviously, I was able to watch it pretty like 
honestly, when when you cut down the amount of football games that I have to watch every week, when you take college yeah. football out of the equation, it's like, whoa, suddenly I've got time to watch a, a TV show. Uh, it's the only one I've watched, but I got to watch it. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. it it's uh, it's got some it, it's got a little bit of the uh, the banshee feel to it. Uh, so it's like, yes, I, I don't know. If it's, I don't know if it's as, as awesome as banshee because uh banshee had super hot naked chicks and just like gory violence which made it even cooler i think but um but overall it's i mean it's a super fun show uh i like that uh herc from the wire is in it um so yeah. i i it's you know it, it's 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 a fun show man i'm glad you put me on that so i i did i remember my wife said oh we watched one of the reacher movies the tom cruise movies and she was like you hated it and i was like okay i mean well I, I really I don't like Tom Cruise very much. I, I find him unbelievable as an actor, but uh, but this guy, I, I mean, he's the kind of guy you you want to root for. Like when you're watching that show, you're like, oh, I like this guy. It's not like um, it's not like one of those shows where there's nobody to cheer for, which I like. I, I, I the the, right. the protagonist of the show is a guy that I want to see do good things. So that makes me happy. <laughs> so likable, and and you know I. I I know you hate when I've read the books at all, but the books, part of Reacher's skill set was he was 6'4". Uh, Tom yeah. Cruise is not 6'4". Uh, he's probably 5'4 no. on a good day. Right. And, and this guy fits the character, plus he's a little bit on the spectrum. Uh, you know, not obvious, but you could tell. And I mean, this guy's just playing the character to a T, and I, I just love it. I, and, uh, I think... So uh, I'm glad you and um, yeah, because there's just these little things every now and then, like you know, he wants a certain candy bar or he wants yeah. this that you know you can tell he's on the spectrum. Clark bar, and uh, it's just little stuff, but it's Clark bar. You want Clark bar? <laughs> I like how he's uh, he's also running up a tab then, with that chick that he's never going to be able to pay off. Season. Started. What's that? I missed you there. Uh, no, I I, I, I said uh, I, I I. Uh oh, you're lagging a little, Freddie. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not my fault, sir. Uh, I don't think. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Thank you. Hey, not just do a show, but make sure. You your money, but if the stress doesn't go away, uh, you're going to this place because it's just been, you know, worse in ways. So, all of you, it's a pleasure to do a show with you. And so, yeah, if I die now, at least I got to do my last show with AJ. What's wrong with that? Now, don't die. You got you got time left. You got to watch these games this weekend. Yeah, that's true. I'd like I'd like to. To see the Texas could be anyone. <laughs> uh, everybody for joining us. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to buy some guitars, please hit me up. You know, um, yeah, if I can get those sold, then I can be back on Monday. It's that simple. So, anyway, uh, all right. Uh, and AJ, thank you for do the show today. I, I, I owe you all taking All good, my man. Care of that. Um, as soon as I get the story. And it ever has to go through that. It it just that's crazy. It made made no sense.
it's, it's so uh all right so that's gonna do it uh everybody thanks for joining us uh i want to say uh and until next time whenever that may be hopefully monday but uh whenever um stay sportsy uh badasses <laughs>